0: Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Deeply Technical series.
1: Hello and welcome to Codish. I am Charlie Gleason, a designer and developer uh, on the marketing team at Heroku, and I am joined today by David Rowden. David, do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Hi, yes, I'm David Rowden, uh, also on the marketing team, specifically on the marketing web operations team. Um, we are responsible for pretty much all the public-facing marketing websites for Heroku.
1: Uh, so, uh, we're here today uh, because we're going to talk about changing careers, and more specifically, um, changing careers in tech. You may wonder why, why us. Uh, both of us have had experience in changing roles or moving into tech from maybe uh, slightly less technical backgrounds or backgrounds that are tech adjacent. Um, and we've worked through a lot of the challenges that are inherent to changing and upskilling. Absolutely. And we're both uh, passionate about
0: the industry as well in uh, our various places in it. Uh, me more on the uh, development front and Charlie more as a designer, uh, even though those roles are,
1: are starting to blend a little bit more here. One benefit, I suppose, to tech is that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work. I was reading the other day that uh, there's a prediction. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics i have written down here, uh, predicts in 2020 there'll be 1.4 million more software development jobs than uh, applicants who can fill them. So it definitely feels like a space that is really exciting and changing, and and a lot of uh, a lot of that's being defined. Um, so what what does it involve? What what is changing careers involve? Uh, what do you think, David?
0: I guess we should probably start out. Uh, with kind of figuring out what you would like to do in tech if you are considering making a change, there are an incredible amount of options, different kinds of things you can do. Uh, so it it's going to be challenging to kind of figure out uh, what it is that you want to focus on. Uh, one of the things that we would recommend, typically, if you're not exactly sure what you want to do in tech, is to kind of just play around with things. You know, mm-hmm. if you're interested in Uh, different kinds of programming, check out a few different languages, write some code in it, do a couple tutorials, maybe some coding challenges. See if that is something that challenges you, something that interests you. Um, If not, check out Photoshop, check out some of the other, you know, Adobe suite applications.
1: Yeah, definitely finding something that you feel passionate about or that you have an interest in. I mean, I think all design and technology is problem solving at its core. And I think if you are a person that solves things visually or finds, finds it exciting to um, create things visually, then design is definitely an area to explore. And then if, if you're interested in in maybe more of the logic around how something works, the underlying logic and uh, methods of communication and, I don't know, I don't know how to describe back-end development in a way that doesn't sound uh, less fun than design because I guess I come from a design background, but they're both fun. <laughs>
0: Oh, they absolutely are. And actually like a lot of the, a lot of what you just said applies to backend development too. You know, if you like problem solving, basically, you know, pretty much everything or every day you work as a a backend developer, if you're lucky, you run into a problem that you've never seen before, or it's been nine months since you've had to do something similar. So the libraries and frameworks are different and it's, you know, pretty
1: much a brand new problem. Okay. So you've, you've kind of, you're starting to explore these things. Uh, So what, what else could you do to kind of explore the industry? I guess, oh,
0: another important approach could be just talking to other people who are in the industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. Reach out to, you know, any kind of personalities you see online. Uh, Most of the people I've interacted with in tech are, are pretty uh, open, pretty kind of interested in, in lending a helping hand to people who are considering switching over um talk to to people in different roles find out what they like about their jobs what they wish was different that kind of thing
1: I guess the next step would be uh once you once you have a bit of a feel for that direction is is to come up with a plan on how you're going to learn because I think a lot of the time it's easy to get kind of caught up in uh in how much breadth and scope there is to to the tech industry especially when you're just at that kind of starting point of of trying to explore and plan out um against all these different sub-industries or subcultures
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, no, and, and that was very well put too. Um, especially when you're starting out there, it, it just overwhelms you with the different number of technologies, different languages, frameworks, libraries um, that are available uh, that a lot of people use on a daily basis. So it, it's very important to kind of focus on a few specific areas if you've decided that you want to go down that path. Uh, and then spend as much time as you can learning those skills. And again, speaking just to to web application development, which is what I do, if you are going to uh, pursue a career in that and you don't have uh, any experience or you have very little, I would suggest starting with
1: uh, HTML or CSS. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because that's like, if you're looking at, let's say you're looking at job posting, right, for a job that you're interested in, then you're going to see acronyms or terms or yeah, exactly patterns in the kind of things that people an employer or like a potential employer is looking for and i think one of the things that does cross a lot of boundaries is html and css as a as a kind of way to kick off Kind of any exploration also you don't really need anything to do it other than like a text editor and a browser because everything is kind of natively supported so you can almost get right. going without without having to learn much minutia around it. i mean html is, is complex in a way in a lot of ways and css is as well but like the underlying building blocks of it aren't so much well that, that's a fair point and yeah for both
0: design and development those would probably be you know solid building blocks to to start with and then you would most likely want to learn JavaScript. Actually, if you're going to do any kind of web application development, uh, you will want to learn JavaScript, which is uh, a language that's run in the browser on the client side. Uh, and then you'd also want to, to choose at least to start off probably one backend uh, server side language. And some of the more common ones, the dynamic languages would be like PHP, Ruby, Python. Um, yeah. You could use some of the uh, compiled languages, C sharp, Java, as well. Although those are typically less friendly to beginners, so I I typically recommend people uh, choose either PHP, or Ruby, uh, Python as like a close second.
1: You know, I think the key is to not get overwhelmed and to find the things that you enjoy doing, because ultimately that's what you're going to stick with. Especially if you're a newcomer to the industry, or if you're uh, even if you do have some experience, um, you don't want to get disheartened or frustrated too early. So if it all feels like it's getting uh, too much, I think having those people that you can read out, reach out to or finding um, meetups that you can go to and talk to people is really important. But do you have any thoughts on like how to practice, which sounds like a funny thing to ask, but it's it's surprisingly (laughs) hard. I found it really
0: hard. It it definitely can be.
1: Um, Yeah. So once you've come up with a plan, you've chosen
0: a couple languages to start learning. It's very important to, like Charlie was saying, practice as much as you can. And if you can set aside in your plan, maybe an hour, two hours a night, uh, you know, during weekdays or a couple hours every weekend, uh, that's just going to help you uh, progress that much quicker. And honestly, if you're if you're learning a new skill, uh, learning how to code and you don't practice, you take a couple weeks off, it's it's going to make it that much more difficult.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Cause I think sometimes like a lot of development is is kind of like music. I think it's like it's, you develop muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll see a problem or you'll you'll come across patterns um in design and, and in development that you'll have you'll like slowly build up this kind of tool set for dealing with and then things will feel less frustrating and there's nothing as like joyous as as realizing that you know how to solve a problem before it's even become a problem right but when you're starting out it is there is a lot of frustration so again having having uh resources and uh having ways to to keep pushing yourself is really important And i know there's i mean we were talking about some of the resources we knew off the top of our head which are like uh codecademy uh, what, what do you think anything that you can think of there?
0: Yeah. Some of the, some of the sites that I used when I was teaching myself about six years ago, um, I used Udacity. I took a few classes on Udemy. I recently did a couple classes on Plural site learning, uh, some of the Go language, mm. um, and there's, there are tons of them out there. edX, Google, uh, web fundamentals like honestly it, you just have to search like learn how to program or free programming tutorials there are very many of them out there and a lot of them are very good and a lot of them are free um some of them aren't but it might be worth uh, you know
1: fifty dollars a month or something like that one of the things that i love about this industry is that you can get started for free and you can do it for free for for a pretty considerable amount of time and i think there's a lot of um opportunities to get involved in the community as well, to kind of have a cyclical, um, relationship with with other people who are learning as well and i think that's where meetups come in i mean i'm a fairly socially anxious person so like for me maybe (laughs) the meetups aren't like my favorite thing but um (laughs) you know there's a lot of ways to kind of have that conversation one thing that i think is is incredibly important as well and i wish that i'd done more when i started is to is to keep track of what i did what i do and to like keep almost a portfolio of work or of references
0: yeah, uh, that if you're if you're transitioning into tech is going to be probably the most key uh, thing that you could do to prepare. Uh, you, you don't need to have a degree to work in technology. It would obviously help, um, but you don't need a degree. You don't need certifications. You do need to show people, especially potential employers, that you know what you're talking about and can do the things that you, you know, list on your resume that you can do. Um, Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So creating a portfolio uh, is just huge. We're going through this, uh, this learning process, you know, take screenshots, uh, screen captures of projects that you're building. Uh, If you're building, you know, a a website for your, your local YMCA or something like that, um, you know, include some screenshots of it. If you're, if you're getting paid to build a project get permission first uh, before you Take a a screen capture and and put it on your portfolio, but ask and
1: then do if you can. Yeah. And you can always, I mean, you can always blur out the sensitive details as well. (laughs) That's a really good point. I think for me, I I write a blog on Medium about uh, web development. I don't keep it as up to date as I should. I have a Dribbble, though. (laughs) I have a Twitter account. But I think when I was starting out or trying to get established in the industry, those tools were genuinely, uh, they had a really profound effect on my. On my progression, and I think um, that and the people, the people that I met, were uh, were a huge, huge influence. Oh, and a website. Yeah, it's very helpful to have uh, some kind of web presence.
0: Um, and again, you kind of alluded to this with the blog. Uh, the more up to date it is, both your blog and your website, uh, the better. But even if you just have a landing page, you could, you know, display a, a little professional photo of yourself. You could include a short mission or objective statement, kind of giving, you know, potential employers an idea of what you're looking for, what you would like to do, what you have been doing to kind of ready yourself for those positions. Um, You can link your portfolio or merge the two, uh, include your blog as well. You could even uh, attach a, a copy of your updated resume, make sure it is up to date, and also make sure that if you do attach a resume to your website, that you remove any and all personal information. Uh, if this is going to be publicly accessible, that is very, very important.
1: One other thing that, that I think um, was a huge factor in my career and my career growth is, is people. And I think more than anything in any of these lists, that's, the, that's what's going to help you when you're stuck, um, build up your confidence Find you opportunities, you know, your network and the people around you are so important. And I remember I, uh, around the time that I wanted to move from design, uh, specifically very, very like static design and print to, to doing uh, front end development and um, uh, development generally was uh, when I went to a conference in 2010, uh, Microsoft put on, and there was a guy there, Lachlan Hardy, who is one of the uh, greatest people in the world, who was giving a talk on microservices. I was really nervous, but afterwards I said hi to him we chatted for a little while. And then a couple of months later, I went to a conference and he was there and he introduced me to some people. And then a couple of months after that, some of the people he introduced me to invited me to come and work with them. And then a couple of months after that, we co-founded a business. And then a couple of months after that, you know, I mean, it's like this rolling thing where you don't ever really know how these people are going to impact you or inspire you or, or, or help you. So I think meeting people, introducing yourself to people, you know, reaching out, being being present with um, people when you're having a conversation at meetups or at conferences, you know, there's a real value to those things. Right. Right. And, and that would be true uh, in pretty much every industry as well.
0: Networking is going to be one of the the most important things that you do to uh, try and transition into this industry. Um, mm. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, as Charlie was saying, go to uh, meetups, go to conferences, although those are and can be extremely uh, amazing experiences. Um, but even reaching out to people, uh, online through LinkedIn, you know, through friends, through, uh, there's a lot of Slack channels for, for various communities around the United States, uh, that focus sure, on tech. Sure. Yeah. Twitter
1: just, is a big one. Twitter is Always fantastic.
0: Google. Um, and ask them if they wouldn't mind, you know, giving someone in their organization, your resume. Even that little piece mm. would set you uh, apart and, and put you so far ahead of any other applicants who you know, have gone through the jobs portal and just filled out a six-page uh, application.
1: So pulling all of those uh, beautiful narrative threads together, we, uh, we talked a little bit about exploring the industry, about coming up with a plan, uh, about the importance of practicing uh, and continuing to uh, develop your skills to the power of the people around you to help you and for you to help them. Um, so I guess just some some final thoughts that I kind of wish I'd known at the time. Uh, one thing, if, if you're coming from a different industry, especially if you don't have a lot of experience, it, it can be possible to take a pay cut depending on how senior you are in your in your current industry that can be something to keep in mind and can slow down that process a little bit. If you're not in a position where that's a possibility. Right. It could be hard to change
0: careers into tech. Also, if you don't have any professional experience in tech yet, Um, something that could help is if you're able to find kind of a transitional position that mixes experience you already have with uh, a more technical role that could help quite a bit. Um, Just a few examples. Um, uh, positions that could fit that bill would be like uh, data analysts uh, working with large sets of data, project managers or project management, because that's most of tech, really. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Or uh, quality assurance engineers as well. Um, you know, some of the engineers responsible for testing the different uh, features and functionality uh, of your web applications. So, yeah. you know, finding one of those transitional roles and then spending. Uh, a year, two years, kind of building your skills there and also going along with your plan and, and teaching yourself and doing tutorials on the side um, mm. would make that transition quite a bit easier.
1: Yeah. And I think it can, it can sound like starting a new career, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Like if you can find those crossover ways and use, existing, those existing skills or some credentials, degrees. I mean, a lot of the time jobs will ask for a degree, but not specifically which one. <laughs> uh, right. Um, you know, and you can use those to kind of move across. So if you have experience building a house, you know a lot about um, working with different industries. Uh, you know, maybe that maybe that is, is one way, or maybe you'll find um, someone that you've worked with in that process who needs a website for their, for their you know, contracting company. There's like small ways that you can find, Contextual hints for how you can uh, <laughs> how you can get more involved, or how you can start doing things that you can um, put in your resume. Ultimately, there are lots of ways that you can bring your skills uh, over to tech and you would be surprised, especially because there are roles that don't even exist yet that your existing skills are perfect for. So I think looking for ways to cross over, looking for um, opportunities to be involved in the areas that you're interested in and learning from the people around you who may have uh skills in those areas is is incredibly important. And one other thing I will say is that more and more there is a realisation of the importance of soft skills like communication, um, and I think you kind of touched on that with project management, um, diversity and inclusion, which I mentioned at the start, and having um, a wealth of roles that aren't just purely sitting within STEM but are uh, tech-related. So I think, um, I don't know, it's exciting. I think most of all, you should you should enjoy the experience, right? You should uh, it should be fun.
0: Yes, it it will most certainly be frustrating. Make sure you're ready for that, uh, <laughs> but it will also be extremely rewarding, and it it can be incredibly fun at times too.
1: Absolutely, glass half full. <laughs> uh, it's more than half full, Charlie. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, thank you David, for taking the time to hang out with me. Of course, thanks for having me. And to our dear listeners, uh, please reach out to us with any questions on Twitter. Um, you can find our Twitter handles at heroku.com/podcasts uh, and we'd love to, we'd love to hear what you think and uh, stay tuned uh, for more episodes of Kodish.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Kodish podcast. Kodesh is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Kodish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.